Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Hello and welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. My name is Sam Dover. I'm a senior beauty and personal care analyst here at Mintel. And today I'm joined by my colleagues Nick and Alexis to talk about festive retailing, Christmas retailing, whatever you want to call it, and how after a wholeheartedly difficult year, the last few months of 2020 will be make or break for retailers. So to get us started, can I just ask you both to briefly introduce yourselves? Yeah, I can go first. Um, My name's Nick Carroll. I'm the Associate Director of Retail Research here in the UK, um, covering a broad range of topics, but I also write our Christmas and gifting report. And I'm Alexis DeSalva. I'm a senior analyst in the US and I cover retail and e-commerce. Amazing. Thank you. So I think to get us started, I think I'm really interested to know what you both think the kind of outlook for festive trading is and what we think consumers, how we think consumers are feeling and how they're going to be spending as we go into the final quarter of 2020. I think in the United States, it's kind of a combination of many feelings because the state of the lockdown or the pandemic is so different. And then you also have this upcoming um, election. So there's kind of a lot of uncertainty. So I think after what we've been in it six months now, almost seven, and by the time we get to the holidays, it'll be, you know, closer to nine months. There's a lot of pent up demand to just enjoy something um, in any capacity and more pent up demand to spend. Um, obviously, there's going to be some restrictions on how much or just how, in general, consumers can spend and will spend, um, even in terms of like what the celebrations will look like. But we do still expect to see consumers getting involved in the holidays, um, you know, prioritizing however they can spend someone else and trying to um, find ways tangible gifts, even if it means deprioritizing for themselves or um, something else that they would traditionally do during the holiday. So we still think there's going to be holiday engagement, but it's going to look very different, obviously, than it has before. Yeah, and I think it's much the same sort of situation here in the UK and in Europe. We actually ran a piece of research in um, September where we asked, you know, as part of our uh, grocery retailing report that's coming out in November, but we asked people to agree or disagree with the statement. I think it's important to have a good Christmas after the events of 2020. And what we saw is that across the board, a majority of people said, like Alexis was saying, that, you know, after the events of 20, they're ready to have a good time. But that was lowest in, say, Germany, where 69% of people agreed to that. It's still a majority. But what we saw is throughout those countries that have perhaps been hardest hit by the pandemic, that um, that desire to have a good Christmas was actually higher. So it rose all the way up to, say, 87% in Italy, um, being 77% here in the UK. So as Alexa says, there's a huge willingness from customers, uh, from customers and consumers uh, to have a good Christmas. But I'm sure, as we'll discuss later in this podcast, you know, there are barriers and challenges to being able to do that this year, like no other period. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, you can obviously both disagree with me, but I'm expect- I 
expect that we're going to see a lot of discounting as we go into this last quarter because obviously retailers are going to have excess stock to shift and also there might be a little bit of hesitancy there from consumers who are feeling a bit more squeezed so do you think that's a good thing a bad thing for the sector and is there anything retailers can do to kind of minimize the need to discount i think that discounting is always an expectation from the consumer, but also like retailers, they know that that's that value is going to be the driver during the holidays. Um, but I also think that we're kind of getting to this point of the lockdown where we've seen the emergence of other ways of offering value. So, you know, like a curbside pickup, maybe that's something that a retailer like a Walmart has done for a while or Target, um, but not like a beauty retailer or something else other than an essential retailer. And we're starting to see those things really, um, you know, continue and in popularity. And I think consumers are going to continue to look for value, but not just in the discounting form. So um, flexibility, like a buy now, pay later, those are options that have become really popular and are going to continue to be, especially as we head into the holidays, Um, the curbside pickup, um, flexible returns, or even like just different factors that help you check inventory in a store before you actually go out there. I think there's the, the priority is still on value, but also on other things like um, convenience and cleanliness and safety. So I think offering those those holistic, you know, views of value is really going to be a way for retailers to get shoppers attention and to not so heavily rely on discounting so they can actually try to, you know, make some sort of a profit. Yeah. And I think almost this season more than ever, discounting is your baseline. Like we know lots of retailers will be in promotion uh, all the way from prime day through to those last couple of weeks. And it is an expectation, you know, last year we've in U- in the UK, we found two thirds of people say they don't actually expect to pay full price for gifts anymore. They know the big events are coming. They know they can wait. They know they can discount. So yeah, well, as Alexa said, it's, you know, if the expectation is discounting to cut through that noise, retailers need to do more and what, okay, right. You've got, you've got low prices, but what else are you doing for me? Are you looking, after my health in terms of the innovations or some of the services that Alexis highlighted or are you giving me a long-term guarantee you know stretching that value over the next two years you know retailers like John Lewis in the UK have had huge success with that or are you offering things like flexible credit are you allowing me to spread this cost into next year are you allowing me to have a good time now but you know move it through into the next uh, next year as I pay it off so you know, discounting is that baseline, but there's so much more retailers need to be doing, need to be working on to get ahead of the competition. And I also think that's going to be a lot more attractive or help cut through the noise because there's always so much noise this time of year. And I feel like, especially this year where, you know, every retailer had to try to figure out what their messaging was going to be at so many Mm. different points. And it was so unique. And there's consumers are kind of overloaded with information that now heading into the holidays, I think there is still this big question mark for everyone. So there's probably going to be, you know, like an overload of all this Christmas messaging or holiday messaging right at the same time. So I think to Nick's point, anything that is like, okay, we know you're going to have 25% off or 50% or whatever. Your your discount draws going <laughs> else is going to actually stand out to a customer, especially right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And I think with that, I think, I mean, you've touched on it a little bit there because you kind of mentioned Prime Day, which we know was kind of was obviously supposed to be earlier in the year, but is now falling in this um, final quarter, both in the US and um, UK. So as we're recording this, we're actually recording this at the beginning of October, but it's it's coming. It's just around the corner. And um, I think that's one of those examples where it's retailers kind of trying to bring a bit of demand forward, maybe a little bit early in terms of Christmas and spread out the um, spread out space. Ben, do you guys agree? Do you think that's what we're going to see more of as we go, as we move forward? In the States, I think so. Um, I think we, from our holiday shopping report, we see that um, about 60% of shoppers have done most of their shopping by Cyber Monday, and that's in a normal year. And this year, over a quarter, are planning to shop um, even earlier than they normally do. So that obviously means that this timing for um, beginning or mid of October for Prime Day is really you know, conducive to that early shopping. It makes a little bit more sense than maybe start thinking about the holidays in July or wherever. At some point, that's really off cycle. At this point, you're starting to really get into that holiday mindset. And we've seen other retailers um, like Target and Walmart, even Wayfair, they've responded with their own versions of like a prime day sales event at the same time. Um, And especially here in the States, given that maybe people won't be traveling as much for Thanksgiving and maybe they won't be celebrating Halloween or spending on Halloween in the same way that they normally do, they can kind of shift that mindset of, you know, thinking about a holiday to actually just start spending and get ahead on the holiday shopping for December. Sorry, Nick, I know I, I jumped in and I think I cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 you made all the points I was going to make. So that's no, 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 no. And I think, yeah, there's, it's the same trend we say, see here in the UK. So, you know, um, in the UK, 75% of people have started shopping before Black Friday and even a fifth have spent the most by the time they hit November. So there is a lot of spending to be had before. And this year, more than ever, that's going to be pushed back. But I think there's also an, uh, an imperative from the retailer's point of view to spread out that demand as well. So, you know, if we take in the UK at the very least, uh, around 21% of all sales came online last November and December combined. Now, if we jump to the beginning of lockdown, April and May, that number is up to nearly a third, 32% of sales are online. And that was a period that we saw significant delays, out of stocks, customer issues, as you know, naturally retailers had to react to this huge online demand. The demand naturally in November and December is so much higher. And if we're going to run into that season, a third of sales being online, which it looks like we will, that's going to cause huge um, pressure points for retailers. So there's a need to spread out from a logistical point of view that demand across the period to ensure, you know, there's confidence from consumers that want to shop online and they're doing that not necessarily out of the convenience element of it, but but because of potentially concerns around their health. And they need to be confident that when they do, products are going to arrive on time, they're going to arrive in time for the holidays, et cetera. So we have started to see some messaging from retailers about that, about the sort of preparation side of things, you know, shop earlier, make sure you get that in, make sure your products arrive. And so that, that on a very basic level can push people to shop earlier, but obviously if you throw in a huge promotional event like Prime Day, that's certainly going to get people dipping into their wallets earlier than they usually would be. It's funny. I think Nick and I were on a podcast about the subject this time last year and talking about the Christmas creep. Now it's just like getting earlier and earlier. But <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing that we've seen 
here in the U.S. is that, and we were talking about this last year, which is what made me think of been less of a of draw for like Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday as there has been historically because then it's like became Cyber Monday and then it just slowly started to like spread out into like one just big week and this year for the first time in a long time um, Target and Walmart and I know there are others but they were like the two biggest ones and I think they were the first ones to announce this they're going to be closed on Thanksgiving Day this year so typically you know you can that's like a big thing you eat you go out to the store and it used to be just black friday i don't do this by the way <laughs> no judgment to those who do though um it used to be just black friday and then it started to becoming thanksgiving but this year they're closed which sure is i think just a sign of the times and they have to consider safety of shoppers and their staff but i do think that that's also an indication of um how the timing has shifted and how they expected it to shift to shift even more so this year because it's less about like that day or that day in black friday and cyber monday and more just like about um a time like a, a time period and that is getting earlier and i think obviously now they were waiting i think everyone was waiting to see when prime day would be so that really kind of has disrupted this calendar as we knew it and kind of rewritten the time frame of it yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, we've talked here a little bit about kind of spending early, but obviously that's only kind of possible with uh, gifts and um, and non-foods. But then, so what do you think are the kind of big challenges going to be for, say, food versus non-food um, as we go into this quarter? I think this is where you have to start getting your crystal ball out and thinking about where we will be in those final two weeks. Because, yes, obviously, you know, you can... You can buy your mum a present in October, but you can't buy the turkey in October unless you've got. You could, but you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It might not be too fresh, but yeah. And so there's, you know, significant challenges around that. You know, the UK <clears throat> has one of the most developed online grocery networks, and that's been put to the test over the past uh or through this year, through the outbreak. Um, but even then, even at its peak this year. We've only seen 15% at max of sales coming online. So the vast majority, 85%, is still coming in stores. So people are going to need to go into store. And it's how retailers manage that. Um, we've seen some retailers do you know, pre-bookings to come into store. I think that may need to become a bit more common. So you don't have that Christmas rush in the last two weeks and everything is safe and orderly. Um, and I think from a retailer point of view, things we're seeing more more launches in terms of things like food boxes or hampers. I think they're going to you know be key. Um, those types of online food deliveries that are actually quite easy to assemble from a retailer point of view. It's much easier to have a set number of products you ship in a box rather than everyone's individual basket of a hundred plus items that someone has to pick. So I think it's a real challenge if everything stays the same as it is currently in the UK and the majority of Europe, where we can go into store, that's going to ease the pressure. If we are in a situation with significant lockdown, then the whole game changes. And I think that could be a much more challenging period and potentially a lot more slimmed down on the Christmas dinner front. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar here. And I think like Nick said, it will kind of depend on where we are as we get closer. It's is always a, a big purchase, a top purchase here. And I think it, it still will be in 2020. 
but it will probably be slightly deprioritized so consumers can focus on other things, whether it's, you know, maybe spending less on the food portion to be able to actually get, you know, gifts for others, or maybe now they have to buy more cleaning supplies and essential items if they are having, you know, even like minimal celebrations at home or just in general, just to prep. So I think that things have shifted and that will impact food a little bit in terms of how much consumers are going to be spending on it for the holiday. And I think, you know, even travel restrictions have a, a big thing to do with that, because if you would normally be able to travel and have these big groups and then you require more food and now you're not going to or you just don't want to, then that obviously will shift how much um, is needed and how much consumers will spend on it. So I think it's it's still a little too soon to tell, but it will likely, you know, come down a few notches in terms of it being like the top purchase for the holidays as it traditionally is. Interesting. So. And what do you guys think in terms of gifting? So what types of gifts do we think are going to have appeal this year? And are there any kind of particular trends that retailers can tap into to drive demand and ensure kind of or encourage higher value purchases? In terms of the types of gifts we may see, I think you have to look at the environment that retail is going to be trading in first. So I think this, the COVID-19 outbreak and the subsequent recession that we've seen in the UK, but also around Europe and around the rest of the world is one of the most polarizing in terms of consumer finances that we've seen. So, you know, whilst Mintel does a monthly consumer confidence tracker, and in terms of the UK tracker, our data from March showed that, you know, um, 28% of people said that they were worse off than they were last year. And that's been growing um, through the pandemic. But notably, around half the majority say they're about the same. And actually, 20% of people say that they're better off than they were last year. Because if you you consider those who have been lucky enough to stay in consistent work um, from working at home and the outgoings that have naturally been reduced in terms of um, commuting, train costs, or you know, eating out—all of those elements—it means that actually, there's a certain select people that actually have a bit more to spend. So, I think at one end, you're going to have consumers that are particularly value-driven. So, we may see you know the trading down into, um, you know, you look at BPC or having a potentially good and um, good Christmas on that score in terms of trading down. And then at the other end, you know, you may see some higher ticket electricals do well. Um, So I think that's going to serve those more luxury or the more premium retail as well. And the value retailers particularly well, and those in the middle may be the ones that get caught a little at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think Nick really kind of hit the nail on the head with like the tech gifts and like some of the gifts that maybe, um, consumers didn't get early on in the lockdown, whether it's, you know, a laptop or wireless headphones, things like that. We're going to be seeing a big push for those now, especially as sales events like Prime, that's you typically can get a good deal on some of those electronic items. Now they're closed holiday. Um, I also think anything that consumers can rationalize 
or think of as like a shared experience or something that would allow them and enable them to maybe have some interactions with people, even if they're not face to face. So I mentioned earlier, maybe food would be deprioritized because you're not able to celebrate together, but maybe some of those like tech gifts or experiential gifts in terms of like doing a virtual cooking class or things like that, that you can do with your friends, with your family, even if you're not face to face, those are going to be really important. Um, So leisure and entertainment basically and then anything with like some sort of functional benefit or that aids in like health and well-being so on the apparel side of things clothing has definitely become less of a priority i think if consumers are going to spend on that for the holidays it's more likely to be something like active wear or sneakers or things where it's like i can work from home in this and then also exercise from home in this um and then just in general gift cards it's it sounds so boring and a lot of times consumers do think that it seems impersonal or it feels impersonal and i think this year that's kind of had to that thought has taken a back seat because it is just convenient and it really does help those whether you maybe are in a pinch financially or you just can't get to a store that's a good way to keep up that gifting and also i guess reducing the need for complicated returns which are going to be i would imagine even harder this year exactly (laughs) and i think something you said actually i was listening to a webinar i think that you were doing sam or read a piece that you did and you were talking about in experiences rather than sort of out experiences and i think that's you know something we've seen over the past couple of festive periods is you know as part of the wider trend is consumers considering their purchasing or their consumption more than ever you know and looking to either reduce that due to environmental concerns or you know those elements and we've seen experiences grow in that area so you know be it tickets or you know workshops that type of thing now those are all going to still be up in the air so actually you know as alexa said earlier those sort of events that you potentially do with family or friends distant distanced uh, and or you know things to get us through the winter where we may still be stuck inside a bit more than we usually would exactly (laughs) so you know things uh, entertain we saw that we saw that in the initial lockdown sort of people rediscovering you know traditional craft Uh, i don't know if calling puzzles is craft but um you know those sort of traditional pastimes um and those are you know elements that you would see doing well this festive period as well that's a good point too because i think that's still a leisure and entertainment gift. It's a very old school, traditional one, but especially if someone is worried about maybe spending or they want to give a tangible gift, but there is a budget um, and, you know, money is a concern. That's something that will likely see a spike during this holiday, maybe than it has in years past. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't take um, credit for the experiences. Um, term. I think it came via Mary Porter, but I, it's one that I've definitely referred to a lot. And I think it'll be big in beauty and personal care because I think, I think in 2019, I think something like 77, 77% of people who bought beauty and personal care gifts bought vouchers for treatments and experiences. And obviously because of the hesitation around going to spas and salons, that's going to be a big, take a big hit this year. So it's how mm-hmm. brands can kind of tap into that with kind of at home spa treatments and, you know, things like that that so um yeah definitely want to watch and on that note i think it would be weird to not kind of talk about marketing because obviously we get so much hype around kind of christmas campaigns and festive marketing it seems like a difficult 
to set it'll be difficult to set the tone this year let's put it that way what do you guys expect to see and is is there any kind of advice that you can think of to kind of give to retailers in that area in terms of getting the tone right yeah i think it is a difficult line to walk it's not necessarily going to be the most celebratory tone that we've seen um, because of the events this year and because of the uncertainty moving into the period itself. But I think Christmas is, you know, irrespective of religious belief or whatever else, it's a period where people come together. And I think that has been a story that has been told really well throughout marketing efforts since covid has happened so we've seen it from the grocers in terms of promote you know promoting the exceptional work their staff have done at coming together to get people groceries or we've seen it from other businesses promoting or you know highlighting the good work key workers do so i think whether we're allowed to come together physically or not that that's a message that is still key and will cut through no matter what you know there'll be nods in adverts to people sitting together, but also people sitting across from laptops from each other. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that we did see, um, particularly sort of the mobile networks here in the UK were big on in terms of their marketing during lockdown was keeping in touch and keeping connected. And I think from a gifting point of view, irrespective of if you can give that gift to someone face-to-face or it has to be done via the post office i think that is still a good message to be saying you know reaching out talking to people and connecting to people to show that even if you're not there you still care and i think that's the sort of line that retailers will need to walk this year i second that sentiment but i think in short Anything that is sympathetic, um, you know, acknowledge that it is a different year, that it is a unique situation, um, but also reassuring, you know, we this is how we're keeping you clean and safe to come to the store or this is how we're going to make sure we get you what you need in time is really important. Yeah. Um, and I think making it feel more warm and personal. It, you know, say like, don't focus on the transaction. Um, I saw something recently, which is a good example of maybe a learning, a learning that everyone can take of an angle that might not work, which is something called the COVID-19 clearance sale. And it was no, it was like no big chain store. Um, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. I think maybe, maybe not using that as like the marketing <laughs> approach. Um, but I think instead just really like keeping it personal and warm and trying to, like I said, be sympathetic, be reassuring, but also encouraging the celebration, however it may be, is going to be really important because consumers do need something to look for. I mean, we all need something to look forward to. And I think um, having that reassurance is going to be really important. And sadly, on that note, I'm going to have to wrap things up for today. Thank you so much to Nick and Alexis for joining me. Today's episode was sadly our last of this season we're going to be taking a little break but please stay tuned in december as we are hoping to record a special one-off christmas episode with some of our hosts and we will be back for season three in 2021 in the meantime if you want to know more about mintel who we are and what we do head over to mintel.com follow us on social media or check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts and if you like what you've heard today please do spread the word make sure you subscribe rate and review this podcast and thank you again for listening (music) 